Konnichiwa. Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I am Laurie. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Sumo Go! Where we talk about all things sumo. Yep. And we're getting into scandals, y'all. Scandals. Scandalous sumo stories. This is something we have thought about doing for a while now. But, well, a couple things held us back, I think. One, we wanted to be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> At least I did. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to cover the dark scene. I don't want to know about sumo. the bad, dirt, dark yeah. stuff. Uh, that was one thing that held us back for a long time. And the other thing that held me back was the sheer vast amount of writing and information on the web about sumo scandals. But we have decided to jump in and take it on bit and pieces at a time. So. Today, we're going to talk about the betting or the gambling scandal and the Yakuza, all right? But before we jump into that dark piece of sumo history, it's time for a news flash. I'll start out this news flash by saying that I, again, am out of town, so I'm not in my normal space, which means I have my pug with me, and you will hear her snoring in the background. So that's just an added bonus, just a little newsflash added bonus. And it's but, not that your pug isn't interested. No. Well, she could care less. <laughs> She's not impressed by sumo. I figure I'd tell you about some of the other things happening in the sumo world. Great. So did you know that Hakaho Miyagano Oyakata is going to be making a trip to North America? I heard to Canada, yes. Well it's North that's North America. Yes, but not the United States. <laughs> no. I mean I wanted no. to get really excited about it, except that it's not to the US. Yeah, it's he's going to Ontario, Canada, which yeah, and, is and there's nothing wrong with Canada, y'all, nothing wrong at all. No, I, it's just the, it's like a hundred thousand people meeting like last year. That's how many people were there for the, like, it's an enormous Japanese festival. So they're bringing over the goat to do a little bit of uh interview. But I was just like, oh, if I just was in Canada. And if we have um, some listeners up there, they best be sending us some photos. <laughs> I hope. So all of our Canadian friends, it looks like things are looking up for you. Yep. Also, another piece of uh, information I thought was really kind of interesting, and it does go along with the kind of scandal thing. There was a wrestler from Sadagotake Stable last year who, or or the year before, if you remember, he quit amidst the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, because as he says it, the culture of sumo pretty much said at the time, you either wrestle and risk dying or you retire. And he held a press conference this week explaining that he's actually filing charges against Sadakotake Oyakata and the JSA seeking damages. He also states that the culture of sumo is sort of like a slave culture and it is not acceptable to those in like to people that the culture supports these kind of brutal practices just because it's in the name of tradition. So I think that's going to be a really interesting thing that's going to come out in time. I mean, it could be completely squashed, but we've got one former wrestler who is just not happy at 
the pandemic response within the JSA. So that's, hmm. uh, and, and he's filing charges. So it's serious enough. So it's hmm. going to be interesting. Yeah. But if you are not on Facebook or Twitter or the world of sumo news, you have been missing out on all of the summer tour or the fall tour Jungyo photos. Asanoyama is off of the summer tour. Kin Bozon also left the, the fall tour with a sprained cervical spine issue. Takakesho is back on the summer or on the tour, claiming that his knee is much better miraculously. It wasn't taped up and he was sparring with Kirishima. And Takayasu is out of the tour due to a sprained back. So it seems like these tours, they bump in and out. They maybe, I think they like going on them because they get to be like super famous, you know, and, and enjoy mm-hmm. all the spoils of the small town. But they also seem like they peace out when they're like sort of injured, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's pretty much that's pretty much it. All is well and as usual on the tour, and everyone is loving the happy crowds. We're getting lots of good photos on social media of Kirishima <laughs> like pumping iron and and uh, all kinds of fun stuff um, that of course we absolutely love in the world of sumo news. Mm-hmm. But that is all I've got. Okay, scandals. Scandals. Here we go. Scandals. If you have ever wondered why the Japan Sumo Association seems so severe today, you know, why they're so interested in making sure that their young men represent the best in all of us, it is because only 10 or 15 years ago, the sumo world experienced several scandals in quick succession and put the sumo world in kind of a tailspin. From 2007 to 2012 in the sumo world, there was there were four big sumo scandals that pretty much overlapped. And I did not realize this until I started looking into the scandals. They all there, happened at the same time? In the same kind of five years. Yeah. There was a oh. deadly hazing incident of I a young wrestler. I remember that. That yeah. was tragic. Yeah. And we did a short on that incident and gave it to our donors on uh, Ko-Fi, but we might also share that story here in the next month as well. There was a drunken brawl at a pub. Um, there were reports of drug use. There was betting. What kind of drugs? Like uh, pot or like, yeah. like so we'll, hard drugs? We'll, we'll talk about all of these <laughs> in the next few weeks. But there was also betting. There was match fixing within right. the, the sumo stable. It was just a really, really right. dark time. But the thing is, fans. match fixing has been going on since, I mean, for 2,000 years. Well, it's kind of the way we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it is, it does make me kind of laugh at that one because it is serious, but that's kind of the way they dealt with injuries in the past. Well, we are going to tackle these sumo scandals one at a time to allow us to really unpack them and to help you as listeners understand why Sumo lost so many fans t- 10 years ago even, and how the JSA continues to change or to try to change to meet these challenges, as well as, you know, just highlighting the importance of media for ensuring that these things come to light and that they do not continue. So these 
might be dark stories to listen to for the next few weeks, but I do think it's important that we understand them. So first, we're going to be taking on illegal gambling and the Yakuza. Oh, I do like a sinister gangster story. Yeah. Whenever I say Yakuza in the story, just imagine Tony Soprano. <laughs> that would be a great entry. Or Al Capone, the, if you've got an image of Al Capone the, in your yeah, head. Yeah, the Japanese version of yes. Al Capone. Yes. yes. And you should know I am an absolute expert on the Yakuza. I know everything there is to know about it because it's all on the web right there for me to read about. So. If anybody doesn't know what the Yakuza is, it's the equivalent of it's it's gang. It's a gang. Yeah, it's a gang. It's it's like a mob. organized crime in it's Japan. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Japanese mob. Stories about the ties between the sumo world and the world of organized crime in Japan are nothing new. And in 1996, in fact, their interesting story, kind of a side note, but a former sumo wrestler and a stable master and one of, I think it was one of his stable supporters came forward with allegations of match rigging and drug use and sexcapades and tax evasion and close ties to the Yakuza. <laughs> they were, they were going to talk to the media about all of this stuff, but oddly, both of them were found dead in the same hospital hours apart. Wow. On the same day in April what? in 1996. And what? there was absolutely no proof of poisoning. There was no proof that anything went wrong. But what? it's a wee bit odd, isn't it? What? Yes. It was a former wrestler? Yeah. A former sumo wrestler and a supporter of a sumo stable. <gasps> so strange. So they were poisoned. Well, we don't know. There's no proof of it. We do I'm not gonna know. Say, I'm going to say they were poisoned. Leslie's <laughs> going to guess, but because we're talking about the mob, I'm just going to say there was no evidence and it's a wee bit odd. And if you are in the Yakuza and you're listening, <laughs> we're not saying that you did anything bad. That's, that's right. But that happened in 1996. And then, okay. strangely, no one said anything else about the Yakuza for a while. <laughs> well, <laughs> Until, I guess they got the message. Yes. You don't squeal. You don't talk. Yeah. You don't talk. And, and so then things started to shift a little bit, you know, and to understand how this happened. I'm going to start this phase of this story in late 2009, early 2010, when Ozeki Koto Mitsuki was riding high. So this guy's an Ozeki. He's like a Takakesho. He's like a Kirishima, a Kirishima. He's like a Shodai. He's, he's an Ozeki. Okay. And he is one of Sumo's oldest Ozekis. He was in his 30s. Um, he was very, very popular and was doing really well at the rank of Ozeki. He had already won two outstanding performance prizes, four fighting spirit prizes, seven technique prizes. He had beaten Asa Shoryu. He had already won a Yusho earlier in his career. Yes, he had a few injuries. He had some gallstones, but his future in sumo looked bright. I mean, and but he, was he really that good? He was. He was. 
He was making big money. This, and, these were real bouts that were really one. Like you could yes. really watch and be like, he really tried hard. He didn't yes. throw all those. Yes. Okay. Now I'm not talking at all today about throwing matches. Right. I'm going to try to keep that separate, even okay. though in your mind, know that all of these scandals pretty much overlapped. Okay. I'm only talking about gambling and the Yakuza today. Okay. So this guy was making money hand over fist, doing really well as a Zeki, and he had enough money to burn, right? Enough money to be like, what do I do with all this money? And so he started to think, maybe I'll maybe I'll bet on some sports. <laughs> he could and have so just he, invested it. He could have opened an IRA. <laughs> It would have been a smart, he should have talked to a tax person, perhaps. What do I do with all this money? But he thought, you know what? I am going to bet on baseball. And this is illegal in Japan. You can do it, but it is illegal. And the way you do it in Japan is you find yourself a little person connected to the mob. You do okay. it through the Yakuza. You use a Japanese organized crime ring to do it. That's how you do it in Japan. And so that's where the the Yakuza start to kind of sneak in to this story. So anyway, this Ozeki, Kotomitsuki, he put a big he placed a big bet on a baseball team and he won big, right? Oh. He's winning in the ring, he won big on the baseball field, he won five million yen. Whoa. And he was like, Woohoo! I am gonna collect my winnings. Oh. Okay, so there's okay, there's no window <laughs> you can go up to anonymously as a sumo wrestler and say, "Hello, crime ring. I am here for my winnings." That Excuse just, me, Mister Yakuza. I am. Due I got the winning ticket. Yen. I got the golden ticket. You I got a feeling me. that this wasn't quite a fair bargain. This well, wasn't a fair bet. Yeah. So the way you get your winnings is you you use your go betweens. So in this case. He had a couple of go-betweens, and I find these fascinating. One of his go-betweens was his hairdresser. Oh, yes. Uh, evil Yobi, uh, not Yobi Dashi, uh, Tokoyama. Yes. Oh. A hairdresser gone rogue. Your hair, these hairdressers can be involved I'm in I'm imagining there's stuff. like a hairdresser with like a leather jacket on and like greased up hair. Absolutely. And he's a bad guy. Absolutely. But he, he makes a mean ginkgo leaf. I'm telling you. <laughs> so he was a go between as well as a lower division sumo wrestler whose brother, of course, had also been a former Rikishi, but was a self-described gang member. Okay. Whoa. So a lower division sumo wrestler whose brother was like somehow involved in the Yakuza. And this guy's name was Mitsutomo Furuichi. But I, well, because that, is, that name is tough, mouth. I just call him Mr. Fury. Okay. <laughs> Mitsutomo Furuichi or Mr. Fury. 
I like Mr. Fury. I like too, because it's kind of like Nick Fury. So when this guy, this Ozeki, went through all of the go-betweens, he like talks to his hairdresser, and the hairdresser, while he's doing the hair on the younger wrestler, says is you need to talk to your brother. Is this all happening in a dark alley, I hope? Right. So this is taking place in stables, okay? Oh, what? So he talks to the younger sumo wrestler. The sumo wrestler then talks to his brother, Mr. Fury. So Mr. Fury gets the call or the sign to pay up. And he says, back through this chain of command, back to the hairdresser, Mr. Fury says, I am not paying you. What? If, if the media and the police find out, Mr. Ozeki, you will be ruined. In fact, I will expose you and your gambling unless you pay <gasps> me. Extortion. Three, yes. $3.5 million in hush money. Extortion. That's right. So this supposedly, reportedly, was a pretty common practice. Whenever a sumo wrestler won big, if they won small, it was not a big deal. But if they won big, uh, this is when these hush money payments would start to come into play. I mean, was it just that he, that guy was even more at risk? I mean, I guess this is like inner workings of the Yakuza, but or he just was a bad dude that he's like, well, he needs his money. I'm just going to take advantage of the situation. I would well, think a nice Yakuza member would be like, I'm going to take a small cut, but... There is a question. Are there nice Yakuza members? If you are listening <laughs> and you are a Yakuza member, go ahead and call anonym anonymously to our phone number and let us know. I yeah. I think if you are an honest Yakuza member, you might just take your percentage, but that's probably not what makes you a Yakuza member. Probably not. So there's probably a whole lot of like sets of rules that I don't know anything about that are like, okay, if a person makes X amount, then you charge them and you extort them for, <laughs> yeah, who knows how it works. But that's what this guy did. He was like, I'm not paying you $5 million. You're paying me $3.5 or I'm going to the media and the police. Wow. The moral of the story is just don't do business with the Yakuza. <laughs> Just don't. So poor Ozeki Kotomitsuki, what could he do? What could he do? He had to pay the hush money. <gasps> so he gave $3.5 to the hairdresser. And that guy's like all of a sudden driving like a Mercedes, like right. nobody was ticked so, off. They're so like, he's, what yeah, gives? He's got this fat wad of cash <laughs> and he goes out to the front of the stable and he hands it to Mr. Fury in front of the stable. What? So, what a dum-dum. So then, a little bit later, same year, two more Yakuza members demand a hundred million, which is... What? A hundred million yen, which is about one million dollars, from the Ozeki, same Ozeki, saying, you know what? We're going to expose the names, and not only names, but photographs of every sumo wrestler and every elder who's been gambling with us for the last four or five, oh. four or five years if you do not give us a million dollars. I wonder if they played him from the start. Who knows? Who if knows? they, like, started to, like – because I do kind of know they all did get exposed, right? So – Well, yes, I'm getting there. It makes me wonder – was I know, this the right? Plan from the beginning, they were like, find me the dumbest guy in Sanyaku and find the guy who's going to fall for it and we're going to play into him. This time, the Ozeki didn't do it. Oh. And 
in the midst of this back and forth between these two Yakuza members and this Ozeki saying, no, 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 I'm not going to give you a million dollars. Absolutely not. In the midst of all this, a weekly magazine caught wind of what was happening and released an article about this Ozeki's illegal gambling problem. Who snitched? Someone around him started talking and there was enough evidence that this weekly magazine could at least publish a story about it. And initially- It it made people frightened. Maybe. But initially the Ozeki, when it came out, he was like, absolutely, no, I didn't do any, I didn't do any of this. He denied the allegations, completely denied them. Now the JSA hoped to deal with this issue internally and the media covered the story so much that the Ministry of Education got involved. And that's, that's who sponsors the- the Sumo Association is the Ministry of Education. And so once the Ministry of Education got involved, they demanded an investigation. They were like, what is happening? We need to understand what the heck is going on here. So what did they do? Well, the police started looking at bank accounts from previous sumo wrestlers that were kind of awash in these transactions using huge amounts of money, like thousands and thousands of dollars at a time. So the police started looking into that. (laughs) There's like some Sundame guy who's like constantly like putting in like 20 grand into his bank account. And you're like, dude, you don't make any money. You're somebody's Tsukibito. That makes no sense. Yes, exactly. So they started watching that. And then the police raided and started searching sumo stables to look for evidence. So they were going through lockers and bedrooms and they were confiscating cell phones and looking at their call history and their email history. And they were analyzing all of this stuff as long as they could get the cell phones before the boys deleted their cell phone history or got rid of their cell phone. Like there's some of that going on. Um, And when they got a hold of these cell phones, that led to more awful discoveries. More about that next week. But the investigators were really trying to get a handle of how often this betting was happening and how much money was involved. And, you know, how did the betting and the payouts, like who was involved? How was it working? They were really trying to understand who was a part of it. And then the the other thing that the JSA did that I find hilarious is they conducted a survey. Oh, like a monkey uh, survey? Like well, a, I'm sure, it? I'm absolutely sure that it read, question one. Survey monkey? Do you gamble? Rarely, sometimes, occasionally. How many often. times a week? Yeah. <laughs> so whenever they did this survey, it turned out through all of this, you know, evidence that was collected, it turned out there were a heck of a lot of people that had been betting. Wait, they actually did the survey yes. honestly? Well, or enough of them did it honestly enough, or enough of them saw what was happening around them, and they were like, I can't hide the evidence, so I best be answering the survey honestly. However they got the evidence, it turns out in this investigation, the JSA discovered that over 60 people <gasps> out of the 900 involved- out of like thousands? 700, no, 700 oh. people involved in the JSA, and like that's including all levels and the stable masters and everything. Wow. So like 65. So, you know, 10%. it's like 10% yeah. of everyone involved. I mean, there were more that probably didn't answer it. 
Honestly, maybe, maybe, but still we're working at 10% yes. of people. So 29 sumo wrestlers and stable masters confess to illegal gambling. And that's, you know, using the hairdresser with the ties to the Yakuza and, you know, connecting them with lower ranked wrestlers serving as middlemen. But there were also 36 additional people who were also betting on not just baseball, but like card games, like lower level things, card games, Mahjong, things like that. Even Hakaho admitted to that one. So there was a lot of people that said, yeah, yeah. I've been doing some gambling. Sure. So what happened? What was the punishment for these guys? Well, 13 wrestlers from Jurio and Makuchi were suspended for one tournament. This was July of 2010 for betting in baseball. Imagine 13 wrestlers just gone from the Bonzuke in those higher levels, that is what allowed a whole lot of new men to pop up into Jurio, that tournament. So that's what happened to Chiona Kuni. Remember how we were talking last week about how Chiona Kuni popped up to Jurio and really benefited from all of this betting scandal? This was the tournament where it happened, July 2010. The other thing that happened is the Ozeki that started all of this off eventually came clean when all the other sumo wrestlers admitted they were also involved in illegal baseball gambling. He said, yeah, okay, I was. I was, yes. I was involved in this gambling thing. Oh. And he was banned for life. So he was just like, I'm an Ozeki and now I'm gone? They banned him forever for gambling, uh, but really for lying about it in his testimony to the JSA. Does that sound familiar? Hmm, that does. That's really interesting, though. I, I mean, he's the guy that took the fall for it, though. There's so many others who I'm sure got got by. Who were some of the 13 wrestlers again? Goedo and Okino Umi were included. Oh. I know. The yeah. man of the sea and... Yeah. Wow. And Goedo. Wow. Yeah. So this Ozeki, Koto Mitsuki, was the first Ozeki to be kicked out of sumo, but he was allowed to keep his retirement money. So they didn't give him the worst punishment they could have, but they, they said you can't compete anymore. And um, what do you, how do you think how do you think he felt about it? What do you think? I I imagine he was pretty mad about it. Um, yep. Uh, so I imagine did he was the retribution? Was he like, oh, okay, you want to play like that? I'll expose even more of you. No, he didn't go that far. But uh, he, you're right in that he did not think it was fair. He thought that some other wrestlers just got slaps on the wrist or just had to sit out one tournament. But he did not think it was fair that then he couldn't do sumo was at all. Was an Ozeki at that point? No, I don't think so. No, he was okay. not. Um, no, he chose to sue the JSA in 2011 for wrongful dismissal, hoping that he would be reinstated into sumo. But it wasn't just the wrestlers that were punished. The stable masters were also kicked out of sumo. Um, that guy, the Ozeki stable master, was kicked out of sumo without 
his retirement money. So he got some of the most strict punishment um, because he was not only involved in gambling himself, but he reportedly, he knew that organized, he knew that his hairdresser and that his wrestlers had uh, links to organized crime. He he knew some sort of bookkeeper that had links to organized crime. He placed bets on bas- on baseball games. Yeah. Supposedly, he had been gambling in the sport for some time and bet tens and millions of yen. In fact, by the time all of this came down, uh, it was reported that he, o- he owed about $25 million in gambling <gasps> debts himself. Whoa. So he was in major debt with major connections to the Yakuza. So he was just kicked out. Oh, wow. Completely kicked out. And there was another stable master that was demoted because they had very clear evidence that he had been betting on baseball and allowed his wrestlers to bet on it. The chairman of the JSA resigned, as well as three other stable masters were disciplined because wrestlers in their stables were involved. So here's my question. Yeah. Why baseball? Yeah. So it's legal. You can bet on horses. You can bet on cycling. And there's one other random sport you can bet on in. Like synchronized swimming or something. Right. Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. But But you can't bet on baseball. And I started thinking, is that the same in the United States? What can and can't you bet on in Vegas? Or is it state by state? Like I don't know. State by state. I mean, Vegas, you you could bet on. Can you bet on the Olympics? Nobody bets on the Olympics, right? Oh, I think you can pretty much bet on anything, illegally or legally, in certain states. I don't know. I really do not know in the U.S. Yeah, I was kind of fascinated by that, too. But for whatever reason, you cannot bet on baseball in Japan, unless you want to get involved with the Yakuza. So no, what ha- thank you. Yeah, I know. So what happened to the Yakuza guys? As far as we know, Mr. Fury was arrested for extortion for this crime. He pled guilty in court, interestingly. Long story short, he was sentenced to four and a half years in prison for extortion. But to understand the impact of the scandal, you have to understand... You really do have to understand that there were three other scandals happening at the same time that I haven't talked to you about yet. This was one of a lot of scandals happening at once, but it exposed Sumo's deep connections to organized crime. And that is really what disturbed a lot of people. It turned out that stable masters had all sorts of connections to the Yakuza. This was just the beginning. They were providing tournament tickets to gangsters. They were renting real estate from gangster-related real estate agencies. Gangsters were coming to There's practice. gangster agencies? Yes, gangster like you can buy a house estate. from a gangster? Yes, you can. Like, <laughs> yes. like a... Like I am a gangster specific realtor. Well, yes. So it's a realtor who who does who gets it's real shady. It's real shady. Like, it's a good yeah. deal. Like deal? I I found these stories of like these yakuza people that would try to get their tenants to leave by playing like Buddhist meditation tapes at really loud volume 24 seven to get their tenants to move out, you know, which is really Japanese because like a real gangster would just show up and threaten someone's life with a gun. The Japanese gangster is like, I'll just play loud. Meditation. 
I know. But but these high-level gangsters were like showing up to sumo practice and coming to eat chanka with the wrestlers. They were socializing with them. Harama Fuji was playing golf with a senior gangster. Um, Yokozuna Takanohana was eating meals with another one. They were showing up everywhere. They were getting ringside seats that were usually set aside for the biggest financial donors to sumo. And they were strangely going to huge groups of men involved in organized crime. Um, as a, a matter of fact, like there's this story that goes around in April of 2010, Japan's largest Yakuza group bought, supposedly bought, a block of 50 front row seats at a tournament so they could be prominently visible during the televised bouts. And it was done to cheer up all of their buddies who were in jail watching from prison because in prison, <laughs> they always watch sumo live. So they were like- It's like a meetup. Yes, yes, Exactly. <laughs> And why was all this happening? Well, it was happening because if you owe $50,000 in gambling debt to these guys, then surely you're going to be like, can we just trade for like, can I just give you 50 block seats, the best seats in the house, and have you take those and knock a bit off my gambling debt? Like that was all a part of this situation. It's oh, it's all tied together. Sense. Yes. That makes sense. It all it all ties together and it was a big problem and fans were upset. So upset that the NHK actually canceled its live coverage of the 2010 Summer Sumo tournament. And there was Is that because those guys? It's because of all of all of mm. these scandals kind of working one upon each other just sort of led to this moment where the fans were so upset and well, to the point where the sponsors were pulling out. The sponsors were like, we don't want to have anything to do with y'all. Like, there's Yakuza crime bosses showing up on the front row. All these guys are betting. And there's all these other scandals happening, which I'll talk about in the next few weeks. But we're ashamed. We don't want our company associated with this stuff. So they were losing their big money donors. All of their money was going down the tank. And so NHK was like, we're not covering this live. And the JSA said, we're not giving an Emperor's Cup to this summer sumo tournament. We're just not doing it because this is completely oh. unacceptable. And it was the first time I think NHK had dropped the live broadcast since it started in 1953. The fans weren't showing up. There were just so many high-ranked wrestlers that were implicated in all of this that it made everybody really uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. So all in all, all in all, the JSA got a new chairman who promised okay. to clean up the sport. Of course. Draft plans were drawn up to sever ties with the Yakuza. But I'm I'm really unsure about what was officially decided upon. It's it's incredibly hard to find online. Actually, I'm still looking. Like what what are the rules that they put in place to make sure that this doesn't happen i saw what was oh, advised. i imagine they're the rules like every other rule where it's like a band-aid you know but it's not a real fixing well of it. we don't know yeah i don't know but what's great is media started to really come out and say that it was time for the jsa to change and it seemed like you know i kept seeing all of this verbiage like you know 
the JSA has to get out from behind the walls of secrecy. It has to stop being a, a good old boys club, right? It has to become right. an independent, professional, nonpartisan sport with a rule book. And like there have to be defined penalties for very specific behavior. Like it can't, it can't be vague anymore. It can't be this like all about this vague idea of, you know, hinkaku and heart. Like you have to, you have to tell people what's expected of them and you have to have rules and punishments in order. Now, I don't, I don't know what has happened if anything has come of it, but at least people right, are saying that this was, this was just the first of many scandals. Well, it was kind so. of towards the end. The other scandals okay. were happening concurrently or even beforehand. This is not in chronological order, Got it. but it, it, it helped me understand why, do you remember in 2022 when Hida uh, Tobizaru's brother mm-hmm. was, uh, was I don't he was fined and he was taken out of sumo for a tournament because of a betting problem. Do you remember that? Oh, I think I vaguely remember something like that. Yeah, it was about a year ago, and he was immediately mm. given a suspension because of betting on baseball. And I kind of remember at the time thinking that's kind of harsh. Like, wow, you're going to dock some of his pay and tell him that he can't wrestle just because of betting on baseball. But after looking at all of this and seeing how betting on baseball is very connected with organized crime and how the JSA was basically drenched in all these Yakuza connections, I can see now why the JSA was like, we have to stop this immediately. Like these boys, these coaches have to adhere to these ethical standards. Yeah, but how does... Little old Hida Naomi just all of a sudden decide to to bet on baseball while he's got still there's tentacles in the JSA tentacles all these supporters all these parties all these opportunities to hobnob with people and he has to know what happened in the past so I still think you know it's pretty interesting you'd have one wrestler get caught and punished but. If we think that that's an isolated incident, that would be kind of crazy. I think that there's constantly probably got to be a pressure or or the possibility that these guys are being lured back in. And I hope that at the same time, there's constantly people watching over them, making sure that that doesn't happen again, because they know that their business is, is going to tank if this happens again, right? So there's got to be some sort of advisory pa- uh, panel or there has to be a group of guys who are thinking about ethical behaviors and standards and are trying to keep 700 people in line, which is almost an impossible task. But at least thinking about that. That is interesting. Yeah. Do you want to know what happened? to the Ozeki that kicked all this off. I hope he found a Yakuza therapist so he could work through this. <laughs> I mean, if there's a Yakuza real estate agent broker, there's a Yakuza therapist. <laughs> well, he, like I said before, he appealed the decision to get booted from sumo. In the meantime, he accepted that his sumo life was probably over. But he said that he did want to stay in the JSA and become a coach because he was very good at sumo. 
I was going to say, I mean, that's a possibility of like a higher up, like Oyakata. Yes. That they, that they negated the possibility. Yeah. Well, he lost his final appeal in 2015. As he lost his final appeal, he did open his own restaurant. I was going to say the next yep. best option is a Chonko, yep. Chonko Nabe. He, he, he says he battled depression for a good long Aww. while. But um, once he lost that final appeal, he had an unofficial haircutting ceremony in a hotel. And it was a, it was widely attended. He had 350 guests, including Kotoshogiku. Wow. wow. I know. Um, it wasn't the last of his troubles. He he did get some fines or he was charged for hiring non-Japanese workers who didn't have the proper visas at his restaurant. <laughs> but he did find a lovely woman to marry and they have a daughter and he is now 47 years old. I have this idea that these guys are so much older and this happened ages ago, but it's current history. It's what's happening right now. So this guy is out there in his restaurant now trying to make things work with this history. And he's wow. very famous. You can look him up online. Um, he had a great sumo run until that betting incident. Well, he also has a tendency to make some real bad decisions. So. Yeah, true enough. <laughs> so people true enough. just can't make good, solid, smart decisions. And there's repercussions yeah. for being a dum-dum. It's, oh well. it's hard to know how to wrap up an episode on sumo scandals, but... Let's just call it scandals. Scandal, part one. Because we'll have more coming next week. <laughs> That'll be scandals, scandals. part two. I, I don't know. I just think it's I, I think it's useful to understand what we're watching and why there's such an emphasis on ethical behavior and why there's still such an environment of secrecy. Well, that hangs and on. I think it's an interesting it might combo. explain it might explain too, you know, Sumo's popular. We love the sport but we tend to overlook kind of the brutality yeah. of it and the, and the terrible things about it. And, um, it does deserve to be talked about. Um, I love the sport when it's, when it's about culture and history and everything, you know, that's awesome about it and the, the bouts and the wrestlers, but there's a real deep, kind of seedy past of sumo. And I imagine you find that within a lot of sports, um, but you got to talk about it all, uh, you know, warts and all uh, the sport, if you really want to know the, more about the sport, sport and the history of it. So there we go. The seedy history of sumo part one. Scandal. So I guess until next week, I yeah. am Leslie. And I'm Laurie and I'll see y'all next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.